Welcome to the Bliss Seekers Podcast. Our podcast is intended to inspire people to discover their true purpose and follow their bliss. We're on every major platform, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube. Please make sure you like, subscribe, hit that notification bell. Thank you so much for tuning in to our podcast and please enjoy the show. A lot of opportunities came into place, such as me being able to jump into the uh, financial industry, got introduced to it at 17. Um, there'll be another time for a story about that. It's pretty interesting. Uh, but now I've been in the industry for going on four years now, and that experience have been, has been great. I feel like it's a big part of my purpose being a part of uh, my company, and I feel like even adding on things such as being a part of this podcast, now being a co-host, which... Uh, obviously, there's a story to that as well. Um, after I was a guest in uh, in one of uh, the Bliss Seekers episodes, I I remember dropping the seed, planting the seed to to Isaac, just letting him know, hey, uh, if there's ever an opportunity where you need a co-host or need my assistance, let me know. I'll be your guy. And sure enough, uh, you know, obviously Isaac's uh, co-host, the Bliss Seekers uh, co-host, went on to pursue her passion, right, her purpose, and that opportunity opened up. As soon as Isaac called, I said, "Let's do it, man." I think uh, together we can collaborate and do some big things together. And obviously, with uh, Jessica's help here, I'm pretty sure we're gonna do some pretty badass things together, man. So I'm excited. Welcome back to the podcast. Uh, today is very, very special because guess what? we have a new Bliss Seekers team. And I'm excited about the new team. Uh, obviously, I appreciate everything the previous team did for, for us. We wouldn't be as far as we are now if it weren't for Hatem and Joe. So thank you, Hatem and Joe. And uh, But today, you know, we have a new team. We have a new co-host. We have a new videographer. We're going to kind of talk about each other, get to know each other. And we're going to talk about some, some good topics, some stuff that's going on in the world, um, all that kind of exciting stuff. But by the way, if you are new, welcome. We appreciate you. Uh, please subscribe. Tap that little subscribe button, uh, little thumbs up, right? You know, uh, make sure you smash the like button and hit the notification bell because it really helps us out. But we're going to go ahead and get to know our new team. Uh, first of all, we'll, ladies first, we'll start with Jessica, right? She's our, the Bliss Seeker's new videographer. Um, so Jessica, tell a little bit about yourself, you know, a little bit about your background, what you do. Um, we'll talk about how you got here and what you're excited about being part of the Bliss Seekers. All right. Uh, my name is Jessica Howell. Um, I have a degree in broadcast journalism from San Jose State University. So my passion is uh, video editing and broadcast type of media. Um, I'm also a big sports fan, uh, Bay Area sports all, all the way, San Jose Sharks. I've been a season ticket holder for a while, so that those were my favorite games to go to. Um, yeah, other than that, I love animals. I've uh, been uh, collecting Pokemon recently and just excited to be here. Yeah, we're excited to have you. And just tell everybody real quick, because, you know, you do have a degree in broadcast journalism. You do have some experience in the in the industry. But why is it so hard for you to uh, to get a gig right now, even though you have all the credentials and everything? Why is it a little, a little hard for you to go and get a gig? Uh, I need probably two to three years more of a experience from any type of job application. Everyone wants the two years or three years of experience, but no one's willing to offer that experience. So it's just... Uh, endless just weight of someone please help me help help yeah it's kind of like stuck between a rock and a hard place right and by the way if you guys are college students or new grads uh like jessica and you're having the same issue please let us know leave it in the comments below or smash the like button if you're going through that right now but it's kind of funny you know because we've all been there 
anybody who's graduated from college and you're all excited and, and excited to get a job and then everyone's like nope sorry you need experience and you're like but i've been in college so i couldn't really get the experience i don't know it's kind of crazy right um but so you know jessica's now uh part she's the videographer here for the bus seekers so we're going to help her get some of that experience and you know hopefully she you know is able to find something in the future or maybe she becomes full-time with the bus seekers who knows right and then obviously um sports you mentioned sports right i'm also a big sports fan and we're also big fans of trading cards right she mentioned pokemon so that's kind of how we met um we were both well i had gotten back into the hobby in february hobby's exploding right now it's crazy if you are in the hobby then you know what we're talking about right but uh we were both in this bay area kind of collecting card group or whatever and it was during the time that um sealed wax or boxes of cards that would sell for retail at like target or walmart for like 20 bucks 30 bucks 40 bucks pokemon elite trainer boxes if you're a pokemon fan you know what that is right but the elite trainer box is just where the whole card because it is it is a card game it actually started as a game right but now it's more about the cards it's more about the pokemon cards and it's more, even more about the hollows and the shinies and all the fancy ones right so we were in a group uh, because we were just trying to find a way to get our hands on some type of boxes of cards because they were, you had scalpers and people lining up and just, you know, buying everything out before you even got a chance to get your hands on one, right? And then you'd have to buy it for triple and sometimes even 10 times the actual retail value on the secondary market. So we're both in a group, I think I remember right, and... Uh, you know, I saw her post something about, hey, there's some, there's cards here. And I'm like, what, where, you know? And I had, I had my hands on some Pokemon sealed wax. She had her hands on some baseball sealed wax. And we kind of made like a little trade and we developed a friendship from there through our love of trading cards and, and Pokemon. And uh, one thing led to another. Uh, the previous Bliss Seekers team decided to go follow their Bliss, right? And, uh, you know, thankfully, Jessica said, hey, I'll be able to help out. Actually, it started with... Um, Cause I was like super excited about the hobby and I was, <laughs> you guys probably know what I'm talking about, right? Like I, the worst thing in this hobby is to be older with money. <laughs> That's probably the worst thing because now you're uh, irresponsibly, I would say blowing money on this, uh, addiction, I guess you could say. Yeah, exactly. Right. It's like someone that likes to go to Vegas and gamble, right? Yeah. Cause it's like the thrill of like, you don't know what you're going to get in the box and opening in, especially with Pokemon. Cause there's like a little, uh, there's a little trick and Brian, I'll teach you about this. So when you get a pack, you have to like take four cards and put them in the back. Cause that puts the special, you know, full art, shiny card right on the back. So you have to go through all of them to get to the last one. Right. So it's like the whole thrill of going through them and you get to the last two or the last one and you start to see that little shininess coming from the back and you're like, ooh, is it the, is it the Charizard? Anyways. The Zard. Yeah. The infamous Zard. Yeah. <laughs> if you're a Pokemon fan, you know what we're talking about. If you are, by the way, smash that like button. Um, and so, you know, I started getting into the hobby. I was buying boxes like crazy. I, I even overpaid for so much stuff because I had no idea what I was doing. Like I was buying some cards that nobody buys if you know what you're doing, right? <laughs> I was buying like the worst sets and anyways, I was just excited. 
So long story short, uh, we're both in the hobby. We're both kind of spending way too much money than we should. And uh, hey, but we became friends and now yeah. she's here. Right. Yeah. And uh, I'm excited to have her. You know, she's very talented. And uh, whether she stays with us or not, I want to help her also find her purpose and follow her bliss. Right. So uh, we could talk about cards forever. We probably will have our own podcast on that. Yeah, definitely. I mean, my my favorite memory is when I was um, waking. I woke up at 6 a.m. I said, I'm going to get cards. I just went to Target and I rolled up and there's nobody, nobody staying outside, which was insane because people camp out like nights before so i roll up there and i'm like i'm first in line i'm all happy and i'm standing there and then i just look out into the parking lot and like five guys just get out of their cars and they come up to me and they go you're number 11 and i said what do you mean i'm i'm number one i'm standing right here in first spot i'm number one and they said no we've been sleeping in our cars overnight so you are number 11 and they all then they all were like surrounding me me like i'm just by myself at 6 a.m at this target and they're telling me oh this the street sweeper is going to come up here and sweep this so that's why you can't get in i was like no they i was here like last week no they didn't and so eventually you know i was being i'm very stubborn as a person then i was like i'm not leaving like i'm number one i'm gonna stand my ground but then they just kept and then even more started coming out and i was like okay you know what gotta pick your battles so i said fine so i went and i moved back and um evidently i didn't get anything that day um because they took everything before i had a chance except for one scalper guy came up to me and said okay i'll i'll sell you one thing for retail and i said okay so he sold me one thing on uh for retail and he said now don't go make any posts about about us being bad i said okay because i made a post on a group saying like no i can't get anything these scalpers are like charging like crazy prices and i was just so frustrated and so he was like just i don't want to see you posting about us i'm like oh my god okay so i got one thing for retail and uh about seven guys looking at me like you better get to the back of the line (laughs) that's crazy so there's a um sealed wax mafia out there by the way yeah. Right? yeah yeah so you know i don't know the hobby Careful, guys. was getting Careful. crazy for a while i mean i just got back from hawaii i was gone for two months which might have been a good thing because it was kind of like a like a, a rehab program yeah. for like <laughs> trading cards because like the the addiction that i had literally is gone like i'm not i i still love it but i'm not like how i was where i was like you know i need to get my hands on some stuff like you know anyways uh, so I, I just got back from rehab. It's called Hawaii. <laughs> so if you have a addiction of trading cards, go to Hawaii for two months and then you'll kind of forget about Hopefully you will. Right. I don't know. There's still a big card community in Hawaii. They're called 808 junkies. Right. But um, anyway, so that's how we met. <laughs> and uh, thankfully, she's here and alive. They shouldn't get, you know, whatever by these card <laughs> mafia. Right. Yeah. That's kind of kind of sucky. Like they're picking on girls over here and telling them, no, get back, get to the back of the line. So anyways, that's how Jessica and I met. She's now the Bliss Seekers uh, videographer. We're going to have amazing content still. She's awesome. And now let's talk about our new co-host here, Mr. Brian Avila, right? You guys probably know him from his podcast. And if you don't know, go back. I think it's between 35 and 41. I'm not sure. There's been a lot. 38. Okay. So anyways, go back. Brian Avila. Great story. If you haven't watched his podcast, go back and watch it now. But Brian, tell me a little bit about yourself, your background, you know, and uh, and you know what you're excited about being our, our new co-host. Yeah, no doubt. So um, yeah, no. So I come from Monterey County, Salinas, the east side of Salinas. Um, again, if you don't know where Salinas is at, it's the east side. And here, here's the thing: I'm from the east side of Salinas, and the east side it's like its own city, basically. It's straight up the ghetto. So if you guys haven't been there, don't go there. You, you'll get punked, right? And not for Pokemon cards, but. 
yeah, you'll get punk for your wallet. <laughs> but anyway, uh, yeah, I grew up basically, uh, you know, in, in the ghetto getting to hear gunshots and, you know, uh, with, with a parents that were living paycheck to paycheck. So that caused me to start working in the fields agriculture when I was 12 years old. And so did that for about five years. And I got to start college at an early age, started at 15. And because of the people I started surrounding me myself with, a lot of opportunities came into place, such as me being able to jump into the uh, financial industry, got introduced to it at 17. Um, there'll be another time for a story about that. It's pretty interesting. Uh, but now I've been in the industry for going on four years now, and that experience have been, has been great. I feel like it's a big part of my purpose being a part of uh, my company, and I feel like even adding on things such as being a part of this podcast, now being a co-host, which... Uh, obviously there's a story to that as well. Um, after I was a guest in, uh, in one of, uh, the bliss seekers episodes, I, I remember dropping the seed, planting the seed to, to Isaac, just letting him know, Hey, uh, if there's ever an opportunity where you need a co-host or need my assistance, let me know. I'll be your guy. And sure enough, uh, you know, obviously Isaac's, uh, co-host, the bliss seekers, uh, co-host went on to pursue her passion, right? Her purpose. And that opportunity opened up as soon as I said, called, I said, let's do it, man. I think uh, together we can collaborate and do some big things together. And obviously with, uh, Jessica's help here, I'm pretty sure we're gonna do some pretty badass things together, man. So I'm excited. Yeah, I'm excited too. And, uh, just so you guys, hopefully you guys caught that started working at 12 years old, grew up in not the nicest neighborhood. And if you've been to Salinas, the East side, you know what he's talking about, right? And uh, it was always kind of like the one that, you know, achieved a lot at a very young age. So uh, Brian's young in age, but definitely not young in life. Um, and, uh, you know, I am excited, too, about this team. Um, I do love and appreciate the Bliss Seekers 1.0. Again, thank you, guys. Thank you, Joe. Thank you, Hotem. Dion's still around. She still helps us out with the graphics. Thanks, Dion, because uh, you're awesome as well. But they went on to pursue their bliss, and that's what our podcast is about. By the way, if you don't know, the mission, the vision for the Bliss Seekers is to have 250 million subscribers, and we will become the number one podcast in the world. But really, it's not about us. It's about us trying to f inspire people. Not trying to inspire. It's about us inspiring people to find their true purpose and follow their bliss. Because what, what we found out is that there's too many people that are just not living their purpose. And really, if so, there's a quote that I really love. It says the two most important days in your life are the day you were born, obviously, because that puts you on this earth, and the day you find out why. But what we've noticed is that there's too many people that are just kind of like on autopilot or living the life their parents want them to live. And if that's what you want to live, that's fine. But if it's not, then we want to change that. Or living the life that society tells you you're supposed to live or you know uh, family or friends or whatever right so you know through my life uh through 2020 which was a big uh big year uh you know i know there was a lot of adversity but it was also something that if you did the right thing you could change it into a positive right and i was able to through 2020 learn about youtube learn about this industry and kind of just reflect and you know because i remember when the, the the pandemic hit, I had to do the national, uh, you know, corporate overview for for our company. Right. So I had to speak in front of 5000 people 
and the pandemic just hit right so i was like okay uh give me some i prayed and i'm not a religious person i'm a spiritual person i do believe in god and i do believe in a higher power but i don't believe in religion and the rules if you do that's totally fine i respect that but i do believe in prayer and the higher power and so i said god give me something profound to tell these people because i don't just want to just be speaking there's something that we've never experienced there's something happening in the world right now and give me something speak through me what do i say right so what came to my head was god has life put life on pause and the reason he put life on pause is that so everyone can take just stop because you know especially if you live in california or the united states of america or pretty much anywhere in the world it's always go 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 you don't even have time to reflect or think or spend time with family or whatever you're just busy right so uh what came to me was god put life on pause so that we can t we can just stop and take a look at our f our faith our family our finances our fitness what we're doing in life our career and we can just say hey is this really what we want to do and if it is and it's what we're supposed to be doing when god puts life back on play then you go harder right or you go hard through the pandemic right because you don't panic we pivot right but if it's not and it's not what you feel your purpose is and something different comes to you then it's your opportunity to change this this is your time to change because when light when god puts life back on play you're going to miss that opportunity to do something different right so throughout this pandemic, I had realized that what I was doing, even though it was an amazing career, an amazing company, it did a lot for me, I felt like there was something different, like God was leading me in a different direction. The universe was leading me in a different direction. I like to use the universe better, God, universe, whatever you want to call it. And so I did it. And I took action. We built the team, 1.0. 40 40-something episodes later, we're here now, 2.0, right? So that's our purpose. That was what we're here about. Like Brian said, he planted that seed, and that's another lesson, by the way, because a lot of times we plant seeds, but guess what? We don't wait. We don't wait long enough to to reap the harvest, right? I know Jessica will know about this because your family kind of owns like a little farm and stuff <laughs> right there. Right? Yeah, so uh, fortunately, um, things happened. Uh, the team changed, and, you know, Brian was ready to step in. Jessica was ready to step in, and here we are right so anyways let's get right to it uh, i'm excited we're gonna talk about some stuff uh some really exciting stuff uh so buckle your seatbelts. just kidding right anyway so i don't know Let, let's get right into it here so the first thing i want to talk about is there's a very famous billionaire his name is richard branson ceo of virgin they just say virgin corporation because they do everything from airlines they started with music then airlines now he's doing space right so it seems like, so Richard Branson was the first out of all these billionaires that are having like a, uh, a uh, I don't know how you want to put it, but kind of like a um, competition, right? Uh, I was going to say something else, a something measuring contest. So who can, who can reach space first, right? <laughs> yeah, right? So anyways, looks like Richard Branson did it first. And it was, it was pretty crazy actually because... He took what looks like a private jet, went into space, and then came back down and landed like a private jet, which is like kind of nuts, right? But anyways, let's talk about that, right? Uh, and by the way, if you uh, if you like that or if you think that's pretty awesome, please smash the like button. And if you don't like it, leave a comment and tell us how you don't like it. But so Richard Branson and his team, 
they went up into space. Was it? Was they were up there for a little while, floating around. Wee! Childhood dream come true. And then they came back down and landed like an actual airplane. So, I don't know. What do you think, Jess? What do you think about all that? Um, I mean that's great and all, but I think like these billionaires have so much, you know so much at their disposal that they could be using to help in other areas like world hunger you know flint does flint have clean water nope they do not so you know there's problems even i mean the homeless problem there's problems that are going on in this country and in this world that could use you know their help and they have these billions and billions of dollars that i'm sure they're not going to spend in their lifetime because they have so much wealth but why not help those who need it is what is how i look at it yeah, and I, I, I feel you on that one because, yeah, definitely these these guys are billionaires for a reason. They're very smart. And, and by the way, Brian and I both come from the financial industry, so we have nothing against having a lot of money and being a billionaire. Nothing wrong with that. There is some really bad billionaires out there, and there's some really good billionaires out there, right? But it does kind of make you wonder, like, why are these, like, pretty much uh, people ahead of their time, like Elon Musk and Jeff Bezos, Elon Musk, created paypal and then he took all his money and then created solar city and tesla and everyone thought he was nuts and then he took all that money and created spacex and now he was the wealthiest man in the world for a little while and then the stock went down and then bezos went back so we're talking about people like bezos who created amazon right a system that that made him the richest man in the world but what i like what bezos said is that he actually created a business that made a lot of other people wealthy because Amazon is a trillion dollar company. He's only worth like less than 200 billion, which only, is only right. It, it, it's a lot of money. I get it, but I'm, I'm just using math here. So he created a trillion dollars in wealth. His portion was 186 billion or whatever. That means he created 800 plus billion dollars of wealth for other people, which is people like you and I, because if you know what Amazon FBA is, that means people like you and me can go and find a product on Alibaba, <laughs> market it and sell it and become very wealthy by selling on Amazon. So, and then Branson, obviously he made his money through media and airlines and all that, but it just kind of makes you wonder why are they so adamant and excited about getting us off this planet? <laughs> Cause I know they probably have access to information that we don't have access to, right? Why Why is that? What do you think about that, Brian? I'm very curious to know what that reason is. I, I think uh, it, it really piques my interest when I see them so passionate about reaching, you know, to getting to those places like the moon and like Elon Musk with Mars and trying to, you know, take some of the population out there. I'm just kind of curious to what the world will look like. Will we even get to, I mean, at the rate that it seems like they're going, it does seem like we potentially might be, um, that that's going to become very possible that in our lifetime we'll be able to experience that. Um, by the way, the first thing I, I came to mind when we started talking about this topic was uh, there's this show on Netflix. It's called, Ma I believe it's called Manifest. Manifest? I don't know. I've heard of that. It's like number one. It's right? like number one out there right now. And uh, when you were talking about the jet-licking plane, basically, that took him out to, uh, to space, I, I was thinking, man, okay, well, you know, because um, if you look at it, it looks like a simple plane doesn't look too complicated it doesn't seem too complicated so i figure you know what uh, who, kn who knows i mean what if these wormholes are a thing what if uh i don't know there's too much there's too much to that and i think unless we're in their head or in their close circle of influence then uh we might 
we might not really get those answers soon. Uh, but again, there's that other point of view, just like Jessica was uh, was mentioning, where there's this post that I saw that that talked about how if all these billionaires out there were to just be able to donate one percent of their wealth, just one percent of their wealth, right? Collaboratively, they would eliminate world hunger. And with the rest of that money, well, sure, let's go to space after that, right? <laughs> right. So, I, I mean, I think a lot of great things can happen. Like you mentioned, good people will do great things with money and bad people will do, will do bad things with, you know, with money. So, like you said, it reflects who you are, right? Yeah, they say, they say, sorry, it, they say money doesn't change people, it reveals people, right? So, maybe they're just little kids achieving their dream. And, and there's nothing wrong with that. You know what I mean? If I was a billionaire, to be honest, my goal would be to own an NFL franchise. So I guess that's kind of like Richard Branson flying up to space and floating around for an hour because that was his childhood dream. You know what I mean? And um, But yeah, it just kind of just make you wonder, like, why are these super intelligent, super wealthy, super influential people so excited about getting off of this planet? <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, it's, I guess it's like you can see it as it's something that they can't buy, right? Like if they on Earth, they could probably buy whatever they want with all their money. But in space, it's unknown. Like nobody knows what's going on up there. So it's something for them that they haven't seen or they can't buy. So it, like th what they can buy is trying to get up there and figure it out. But it's just like, as everyone knows, it's like the bottom of the ocean, right? It's completely unknown. So it's something for them that they have to actually try and investigate what's going on. Yeah, that's right. actually a great point. I actually think you may have hit it on the head for some of them, right? <laughs> you know, because, I mean, they... That was like good. Said, yeah, that was that was really good. And they probably already achieved pretty much everything they can on this planet. So I think it's it might be that what if. Like, what mm -hmm. what if there's something out there? And, and if there is something, whatever it might be, I want to be the first. Just like, yeah. they're already competitive in their own, you know, in their own spirit, in their own body, because obviously they they got where they got to they got the wealth they got to by being competitive so now just that little what if there is something out there that we might find a value it's always who can get there first so i mean the one that gets there first is probably going to get the biggest portion of it right and so yeah i mean that's i can imagine the adrenaline they get by thinking about what is out there i mean yeah, just by me trying to think about, man, I wonder what's Mars. I wonder what's, you know, out in the moon. Like, it, I don't know. It just gets me going like, wow. <laughs> you know, so many things can yeah. be out yeah, there. Yeah, I think, I think both of you guys kind of got it. Like, you know, like you said, Jessica, I think it's like they pretty much have done everything they need to do on Earth. <laughs> like, I'm bored now. Yep, Let's exactly. go to a different <laughs> planet, right? Uh, and then, like you said, Brian, they're all, <laughs> if you're a billionaire, you're extremely competitive. Like you, and they're just not billionaires. They're like literally the top cream of the crop of the 1%. That's like the point zero 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 one percent right? But you mentioned something, because I've never seen Manifest. Have you seen Manifest? I have not. Okay. I've never watched it, but it's like at least top 10 on Netflix all the time, right? But you mentioned wormholes or universe so let's just sidetrack real quick well it's, it's the same topic anyways but you cannot think that we're the only form of intelligent life in this universe like it's galaxies upon galaxies that will take many lifetimes to reach right and uh so i believe 
I don't know. I don't have any proof. And even Elon Musk has said there's no such thing as aliens. And he probably would know. He Maybe he is an alien. Maybe, maybe that's why he wants us to believe that there is none, right? Who's to say? Yeah, exactly. But like, who? I mean, just common sense says like there has to be some other type of life out there. It just can't. Okay, this billions of universes and galaxies and we're the only intelligent and you can question that we're not that intelligent because we're kind of killing ourselves right uh form of life in this galaxy like there has to be something else out there right you know what i mean yeah 100 percent. and i and i think even even if we for somebody who's spiritual like like yourself i say thinking about god i mean if this was god's playground earth right what makes us think that maybe he didn't create another playground somewhere else right so i mean yeah there's a bunch of perceptions to everything a bunch of point of views and it's interesting but of course i mean the universe is huge man so it's so many planets so many yeah i mean i'm sure there's something out there right and so yeah Yeah. and so you know um it, it still was a pretty pivotal moment in in our our history i guess you could say you know, I don't know if this is true either, but, you know, because you see so many things on the Internet. But I saw something on, on, I think it was Instagram or Facebook, where they asked Neil Armstrong to pledge on a Bible if he actually landed on the moon. And he would not do it. They said, will you swear on this Bible that you, and he said he would not do it. He he was like, no, I'm not going to do it. Right. So that kind of makes you wonder, too. I don't know if you can uh, trust everything you see on Facebook, but <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'll have to look into that and uh, confirm whether that yeah. is a fake news or I not. I think I saw that, too. I, I yeah. think I saw that, too. I Yeah, I was curious about that, too. <laughs> By the way, if you guys know what I'm talking about and if it is fake news or if it's real, let us know. Leave it in the comments below. Right. But anyway, so, you know, we're now going up into space and coming back. You know, I, I think it's going to be like uh, a JetBlue flight to Las Vegas in the future. <laughs> like pretty much it's like, hey, I, I, I'm going to space. Where are you going this weekend? I'm going to the club on the moon or something like oh, that. Oh, that, that'd be intense. That'd yeah. be intense. <laughs> yeah, because I, mean. yeah, I don't know. That's pretty crazy. But I don't know. I've always said that I want to live to 140 years old. I don't know how long you guys want to live, but I want to live as long as possible. because Not in this body. Cause I don't, <laughs> I don't know what a hundred and forty year old body would be like. I was gonna say, uh, yeah. I don't know. I know. I was about <laughs> to say, <laughs> I'd probably be like a prune with a brain or something like that. Yeah. But, uh, uh, <laughs> but wouldn't it be kind of cool if you can download your consciousness into a new body? I think Elon was talking about that, right? And of course he was. Yeah, of course he was, right? Um, so I don't know if you guys heard this, but he, he was. And is on, this a new body, like a new body of uh, that was yeah. created from so, actual birth, or? So that's what I don't know. But he was on a podcast. I don't know if it was Joe Rogan, or he was on some podcast. Because I watch so many podcasts, obviously, right? But he was on a podcast, and he said, "Yeah, in the future, that's our goal. Our goal is to be able to download your like a computer, download it onto like a." a USB stick or something, I don't, I don't know, whatever. And then download it back into like a different body or like a, a robot or something. I don't know, right? But so I want to live a long time, um, but I don't want to live a long time in this body because it probably wouldn't be fun to be 140 years old, right? Um, but what do you guys think about that? Or what do you think about maybe in the future, if you can take all this knowledge, let's say 140 years of life and put it into like a new body, like a younger body, or you pick your body, depending on how much money you have, right? Um, or maybe a robot. What do you guys think about that? 
Matt. I don't I don't know. That seems odd. Uh, did you? There's a show on Amazon Prime called Upload. I don't know if you've seen that, but it's basically like um, if you die, they can upload your memories and your everything who you are into this like heaven world. And but everything's like has to do with money. So only the rich people get to stay at the nice big country club that has the lake and you can eat all the like the donuts and all the food and all the nice stuff. But then all the people that obviously don't have money, they only get like you to pay for time. So they only have you pay for like 10 minutes. And then if you use up your like minutes, then you're frozen until your next like little chunk of money comes in. So I feel like something like that could be turned into something really bad because I feel like they're going to like everything becomes monetized. Right. So I feel like that is something that could potentially be monetized. Like only like the rich will be able to do it if you're poor, you know, uh, too bad for you. I don't know. It seems a little risky. Yeah, that's that's a good point too. It's like, oh, <laughs> I was enjoying my life, but my <laughs> minutes. Yeah. I'll, see you in, I'll see you in another ten <laughs> right. years. When, like when oh, I can afford minutes. The date's over. We're done here. <laughs> yeah. We're done here. What about you, Brian? What do you think about all that? Um, I mean, I, man, it's it's crazy to think that that can even be possible. But I mean, if we look at what's happened in the last hundred years, I mean, wh- what we see as flying planes now you used to more than likely to people 100 years from now uh, from before right from the past seem impossible to them right so i'm sure we'll, i'm sure 100 years from now we're going to come up with so many other different things that it wouldn't shock me so to yeah it would not shock me if we're able to come up with some sort of intelligence that can allow us to do that now what kind of effect it will have that's a good thing to think about i guess if it'll be a good a good effect or a bad effect um like she mentioned i'm sure there's like jessica mentioned right there there might be uh good things that come out of it but also bad things and then we can even go into talking about time traveling and you know people coming back from the future just to change that again and all that stuff right we see a lot of movies about that kind of it's yeah it's just there's so many things to that man it's yeah i don't think my little brain can uh (laughs) <laughs> i know we're getting we're getting to my like anxiety issues like death like what happened to <laughs> <Whoa>. <laughs> I'm like, Whoa. what's gonna happen just freaking out okay time to change the subject right i'm like a panic attack yeah, she's, right? she, she's like have i been good is it hell is it heaven Wait, I know, like, what's going, going on, on? <laughs> i don't know what do you guys think out there in the youtube world let us know leave it in the comments right so i don't know let's let's uh let's switch gears here so i don't know if you guys watch ufc but uh there was a really big ufc fight this past weekend i'm a big ufc fan I've been watching MMA for a long time, and it was McGregor, Poirier, or Poirier, sorry if I killed your name, sorry, uh, Dustin Poirier and Conor McGregor, the trilogy, right? And so they fought three times. Well, th- this is the third time they fought. They fought twice before. McGregor won the first one. Poirier won the second one. and knocked him out, actually, pretty bad. Like, put him to sleep, right? And I don't know if you guys saw Jake Paul oh, God. trolled McGregor before the fight. Oh, yeah. Invested a hundred thousand dollars in a diamond necklace that had McGregor just to make down. just to make fun of him. <laughs> yeah. Of course, not not did. just no, not just knocked out. He had him with his leg, with his yeah. foot twisted. Just yeah. Like <laughs> yeah, it was crazy. Uh, and by the way, I think Jessica has a uh, she has her own feeling about the Paul brothers. But so, anyways, Jake Paul <laughs> trolled him before the fight. Um, it was a big big fight. Um, McGregor looked sharp. By the way. Um, sharpest i've seen him since he basically made a hundred million dollars and kind of was never the same after that well again it's amazing what he's doing he's the highest paid athlete in the world right now by the way number one on forbes yeah but he has not been able to win 
in his last four or five fights. The only fight he won was against Cerrone, Cowboy, and Cerrone was pretty much done. You know what I mean? So he's lost every fight. He lost this one very bad, snapped his leg. Like, it was really gruesome, right? And uh, was not humble in defeat. <laughs> uh, and uh, there's been a lot of hoopla about it. And uh, I don't know if you guys saw, um, you know, Tim Grover. You know who Tim Grover is? Yeah. Uh, so Brian, you know Jessica. He's a, he wrote the book called Relentless, and he was Michael Jordan's trainer. Oh, okay. During Michael Jordan's career, so he's like he knows about winning, right? And he has this book called Relentless, where it talks about different types of winners, right? And Jordan, obviously one of the goats, was a cleaner. He calls it where they're they basically will they know their dark side, they know their good side, and they will do whatever it takes to win, right? And there's not many people like that. It was like Jordan, Kobe Bryant, Tiger Woods was before he had a little issues, you know. Michael Phelps, maybe. My, maybe Michael. Phelps. T- Tiger was a cleaner, and then he went through some adversity, kind of like Connor, right? It wasn't the same thing, but it was a. It was he got to a point where something got in the way of his focus, of his toughness, and so Connor, I'll, I'll be honest, he was my favorite UFC fighter of all time. I just loved his bravado. I loved the way he used the law of attraction because when he was on his rise, he did it in six years. He went from broke nobody to $100 million man and the biggest UFC star in the world in a matter of six years by speaking into existence, by having extreme confidence, by believing in himself, by willing it to happen. But now he's been on this losing streak um, and he... I had a gruesome injury where some people don't even ever come back from, right? And uh, he was not gracious in defeat. And for some reason, he just cannot get back to winning. So what do you guys think about that? I guess we could start with you, Brian. Um, what do you think about that? Do you agree with Grover? Uh, do you think he'll be back? Or, I mean, what do you think about that? I believe based on his, uh, he posted a, a couple posts regarding that. There might have been one post, but it had a long caption. And he went in detail regarding how Connor hasn't been able to acknowledge certain things that caused him to have losses. And since he hasn't been able to acknowledge them, it's been hard for him to jump back in the ring and have a full comeback, basically, right? And I I, I thought it was hilarious, the uh, the comment he made. The comment he made to, uh, how do you pronounce uh, this guy's name again? Poirier. 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 Yeah, the comment. Yeah, so, you know... Um, it was like a sore loser type of <laughs> type of comment. Um, but yeah, I think it has a lot to do with, I think anytime you take a big loss in anything, it, it sometimes can take from you. And unless you're able to pull yourself out of those dark shadows and you're going to, you're going to, you're going to stay there for a while. Right. And again, Tim Grover describes it a lot better than myself. So if you guys haven't uh, read his book or you guys don't follow him on social media, follow him on uh, one of his recent posts is where he talks about, why Conor McGregor um, has not won after trying to come back after his losses. So he's probably going to explain it a lot better. But, yeah, I just think um, you need to be able to acknowledge your mistakes, what you've been doing wrong, and, you know, be be the bigger person, right? And that'll help you snap out of your shadows. And, you know, um, yeah, and I think it's more of a mental game than anything, to be honest. Unless we're – but unless we're really in his head, I think it's going to be really hard to – understand exactly what 
what's going on in there, you know, exactly what he's thinking when he's in the ring, etc. Because we all know Connor as somebody who's very he's he he's a really good instigator. He talks a lot. And and, and again, in 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 sports, in sports, especially in, in UFC and boxing, you know, you want to hype it up. You want to hype it up for the fans, etc. And so, you know, sometimes uh, people like Conor McGregor are really good at it that we think to ourselves, man, he has a chance. He has a chance. He has a chance. Right. And then this happens. Right. And uh, defeat happens right away. So, yeah, I think it's more of a mental game, man. But um, again, Tim Grover, he he breaks down exactly what he thinks is going on in uh Connor's head and he explains it really good so you guys gotta make sure you guys give it a read give it a read and at the end we'll get something out of it but what about you Jessica what do you think about about this it kind of reminds me of like Ronda Rousey like you know how she got like really really big and then she had her fight with I think Holly Holm right got knocked out oh yeah and then ever after that fight she was never the same right she like she tried for a bit and it was just she was no longer like that Ronda Rousey that everyone was like obsessed with i don't know it just seems like sometimes they get into like those certain fights where they get knocked out and then after that they're just like never the same like you never get that that firepower that like strong individual i don't know what goes on it might be like maybe it's psychological maybe they you know they get some kind of brain injury where they can't really perform at the same caliber as they used to um but yeah it really sucks when that happens because he was he was like the main guy right he was like the the big fighter and i remember like watching him and seeing his antics and he was like kind of like the villain he gave you that like oh i'm like this big like guy i'm, I'm gonna do all this stuff and like uh, didn't he go after uh khabib's mom or something i remember or his dad yeah he's just like he played his role so well as the villain like he was such good um like publicity for ufc right he just he d- played his role so well and it's sad to see him kind of falter from that yeah you know you're just coming up with a uh, some awesome right yeah nuggets. I that was good I forgot about Ronda Rousey. Ronda Rousey was, she wasn't McGregor because she didn't talk a lot of smack like that, but she was dominant. Like mm-hmm. she was just destroying people. Like she, I mean, she seemed like she was unbeatable at one point. And then Holly Holm comes along, like knocks her out pretty bad. Yeah, and kicks head. yeah. And the rest is history, right? Her career is history. Um, She's been doing movies and stuff, which is cool. Yeah, she was in WWE for a yeah, bit there. Yeah. yeah. She's but, fine. but yeah, I mean, I don't know. What do you guys think out there? Uh, have, have you experienced that in your life? Are you an athlete? Are you a, have you played at a high level? Do you kind of, you know, know what's going on? Do you think it's maybe just uh, a loss of confidence? Um, Tim Grover talked about, he, he hasn't, he hasn't been able to go back to hell. He puts it right. Cause he says you have to, be able to go through hell to be a w- to be a winner right and you know when you reach a level of success that connor has financially by the way i mean the guy's worth over 100 imagine going from broke to being worth hundreds of millions of dollars now the highest paid athlete in the world it's kind of hard to get that like hunger and that that drive and that so in our previous com- company, there's an executive. His initials are JJ, right? Juan Jaime, right? So, you know, anyways, he's awesome. I love him. Uh, he reached the level of over a million dollars a year in income. And he comes from Mexico. He was an immigrant. He was a plumber making maybe $3,000 a month. And now he's making eighty to to $100,000 a month. And in, in, in our business, um, you have to consistently build people 
right? Uh, but when you get to a certain point, nine plus brokers, you're pretty much making a million dollars a year. And you, if you want, you can kind of just stop and it's just going to keep growing and growing and growing. But we were in such a competitive uh, division of the company that our, our, our CEO, our, our mentor, our leader, the main guy, uh, Eric, he is one of those that's like a Richard Branson. Like a jet. he just is non-stop. Like making through four million a year, still not enough. What's next? What's next? So there was always this like hunger to do more, or not even a hunger. Like you just, I mean, imagine making a million dollars a year. I'm talking about not like you have a house that's paid off. I'm talking about eighty to hundred thousand passive, passive, every month, whether you get out of bed or not. And these guys are still out there grinding and doing the stuff that you're doing when you're broke and just starting the business, right? But Juan had a perfect analogy. He said, it's like you own the Bentley, you own the mansion, you own everything, but you're going to give it all up. You're not going to give it up, but you're going to go back to taking the bus to work. And you're going to go back to starting from scratch and doing it all over again. That, I think, is probably extremely difficult if you've reached the level where you kind of feel i don't want to use the word comfortable because i don't think any world-class successful person ever gets comfortable but and my let always talks about this like there's there's a price that everyone can be bought at you know what i mean and not like they're selling themselves but it's kind of where you slow down where you're like i'm done like no matter what you're like i'm done and there's nothing wrong with stopping at a million dollars a year and there's nothing wrong with stopping at half a million there's nothing wrong with stopping at ten thousand a month if that's what you think is your dream or goal right or five thousand whatever right but i feel like that might be kind of what happened i don't think that happened to Rhonda. i think Rhonda kind of lost her confidence i think so because she she didn't reach the level of uh success monetarily that connor did but i think connor because he was so polarizing and you know just that it was just I, I think that's what happened i think i'm not gonna say he was bought but i think he reached a level of of wealth and comfort and success which he deserves that it is kind of hard to go through training camp and talk the talk that he used to talk i mean when you're broke and you have nothing to lose it's easy to do that right but when you're worth hundreds of millions of dollars and your family is set and your kids are set and your grandkids are set i mean whether he's going to admit it or not, I think they, deep down he's like, why am I even doing this? You know what I mean? Like the dude just broke his freaking leg, like snapped it. Like that's the kind of injury that will end careers, you know? Uh, so I don't know. I, I think I'm just kind of talking about this a lot, but I think that's kind of maybe along the lines of what could have happened. It could have been a lot of the things we talked about, but I think it's a pretty interesting topic actually to see, you know? But I mean, I love Connor still. Hopefully he's able to come back. Cause I would love to see a four, you know, cause three kind of <laughs> got stolen. I was mad. I want my 69 99 back. I was like, I did not want this fight to end like that. I mean, the other fights were really good by the way. Um, and that's what I love about UFC. The best always fight the best, you know what I mean? And, and that's why careers don't last very long. Cause the best are always having to fight the best in their prime. Right. But I want to see a four. Oh, I don't know. What do you, do you guys want to see a four? If you do smash the like button, I just want to see it. Let's just let them go five rounds. Maybe Poirier is going to beat him up again because he was pretty much dominating this fight. Maybe Connor lands a, a, a punch. 
who knows but i just want to see it so it's solidified we got closure it's done we know who the winner is and hey that's going to be a super fight again too i think people will want to watch that but last thing about connor because i do love the guy i still remember well, UFC in itself is a worldwide sport. I think that's why it's so popular because these fighters become representatives of their country. Like, I remember when he fought Jose Aldo, that was like the peak of his winning. Like, he knocked out Aldo like in 20 seconds, he kind of called it. But I remember when he was walking in the ring and they had the Irish song on, and I think it was Sinead O'Connor, someone was singing, and like the crowd was just electric. I mean, he had a country behind him. You know what I mean? Can you guys imagine what it'd be like to have feel the energy of an entire country pulling for you? It's almost like World Cup, you know what I mean? Because you're fighting for country pride. But he pretty much uh, not only put UFC on the map, created a superstar, like, like a polarizing superstar, and, you know, brought Europe and Ireland, you know, behind him. I don't know. I just thought it was pretty amazing, but I, I, I thought it was pretty cool. But I, I don't know. I hope there's a four. Maybe there will. Maybe they won't. Thank you for tuning in. That was the end of part one. Part two comes out next Monday, 9 a.m. Please stay tuned. Make sure you like and subscribe to our channel and hit that notification bell so that YouTube will let you know when the next one comes out.